You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our second segment of Real Presence Live. I'm Jack Canelli, your host for this morning, along with my wife, Doreen. And we're broadcasting live from the uh, studios in Fargo, North Dakota. And uh, welcome, everybody. And for those of you who are with us for the first segment, glad to have you back. And for those of you who are just joining us, welcome aboard. We're going to have an interesting talk with a gentleman, John Berger, from uh, Bismarck, who is going to be talking about a men's group, uh, apparently, that he has started uh, about dads in prayer. And I think that's probably just about any dad. <laughs> we would hope. Yeah, we would hope. Anyway, so, uh, John, thanks for being with us. Thanks so much for having me. It's good to be with you guys today. How are you doing today? How's the weather in Bismarck? It is very nice. The sun is shining. We're, it sounds like we're going to enjoy one more beautiful day before the wind comes up and uh, things start to change a bit. Wow. Kind of lots to be thankful for <laughs> as far as the winter weather is concerned. Um, yeah, that's, that's for sure. John, um, I happen to really like silly jokes, and so I'm going to put you on the spot. So, silly is another word for bad. No, it's, a, it's oh, another dad. word for dad. Dad, dad, dad. <laughs> dad okay, excuse jokes. me. So, because your topic is dads in prayer, we have a, I have a little joke for you. Hey, this is for John. Okay. And it's just a yes or no answer. Did you know the first French fries weren't actually cooked in France? No. They were cooked in Greece. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> She's a laugh riot. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's oh. going to be hard to follow up on that one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Well, would you um, just take a minute to introduce yourself to the listeners more than what Jack said that you're from Bismarck? Well, actually, sure. I, want, I, wanted oh, to ma- I wanted to mention before uh, John came on, we were visiting and we found out that his parents live across the street from my son and his wife and family, and uh, we have not acknowledged the grandkids today. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's kind of something we usually do. I think they expect it. Summer in school. Okay, Summer. well. Hi. <laughs> Hello to Jenna yeah, and so, um, so I get to see your grandchildren probably a little more often than you guys do. They're, uh, they're a very energetic group. <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful way to describe them. Yeah, <laughs> they it's are. a beautiful thing. Yes. They have a wonderful, wonderful family. Yeah, so my name is John Berger. I live here in Bismarck, um, grew up in Bismarck. I am married. Um, my wife is Robin. We have three children. Um, just two days ago, we were blessed with our second grandchild. Oh, so we're congratulations. Celebrating that. Thank you so much. And, um, yeah, that's it. we are parishioners at the Cathedral of the Holy Spirit here in Bismarck. Great parish, yes. Right. So, tell us about... Your men's, I'm going to, is a men's group, but I guess we call it, do we call it a dad's group, or is it open to guys who aren't dads as well? Well, I think one of the things, and I think we're going to talk a little bit more about this, is that it's not so much a men's group. I am a part of a men's group, but we're really a, a men's prayer um, men's prayer group. Um, basically, we, we just meet to pray. Um, we don't really have any other um, events or activities or things that happen with our group. Um, we just meet to pray. We, we meet uh, once a week, and we pray for our children, our godchildren, our grandchildren. 
for each other as fathers and for all the fathers in the in the world, both those that are, you know, doing their best to fulfill their role as fathers and those who are maybe not at this point um, living up to the responsibility they've been given to be fathers and they're not present in the lives of their children. So um, what kind of happened is uh, with our group, there were really several things that precipitated our group getting started, and one of them was instrumentally tied to uh, Catholic radio. I, I, in my previous job, I was I did a lot of traveling between Bismarck and Dickinson, and I was listening to Teresa Tamio one morning when I was driving to Dickinson, and she was talking about the rising rate of teen and child suicide in our nation. And it was really a tragic story. And at the end, and I enjoy listening to Teresa, um, she asked all the women who were listening to pray, to pray for um, our children and to pray for um, to, to pray for, uh, for for the moms. And I and I know it wasn't her intended message um, to say something that she she wasn't intending to say something about fathers. But I thought it was just so interesting that wow that that must say something that she didn't ask the men to pray. She didn't ask the fathers to pray. She asked all the women who were listening to pray. And I thought, hmm, that that seems to fit with another theme that was rolling around in my head. I know many of your listeners, and you have probably been exposed to uh, a little pamphlet. It's called Into the Breach. It was written by Archbishop um, Olmsted from Mm -hmm. the Diocese of Phoenix. And it's really a calling out of men to live out their vocation. We could do a whole segment just on Into the Breach. But it, it basically, you know, it, it talks about just, you know, the numbers, how our children are leaving the Church. Um, we as Catholics are not believing in the teachings of the Church, and, and Archbishop Olmsted, in this, in this exhortation that he has written, places much of the responsibility for this upon the men, that we are not living up to our responsibilities as men. And so I talked about, you know, these things were rolling around, and I just thought, geez, we should start a group that's, you know, that's just dedicated to praying. I talked to one of the guys that I'm good friends with who happens to be my son's father-in-law, So, um, and we said, let's start a men's prayer group. And uh, he said, sure. And so we start every prayer, prayer group that we have. We start where two or more are gathered in my name. Um, we know that God is with us, and... Thankfully, we've always had more than two men there, and so um, that's kind of how our group got started, and we've been going for about three and a half years now. Well, where do you meet, John? Well, we meet at the um, Light of Christ Academy. Um, Previously, that was the high school, the Light of Christ Catholic High School here in Bismarck. We were meeting in the chapel for up until the pandemic started, and then when the pandemic started, we have been meeting outside at the Marion Grotto that is um, located there on the school grounds. So do the, and, do the students actually see you gathered then as a group of men praying? Yeah, so we meet at 8.30 p.m. Oh, okay. um, we meet late in the, you know, we meet in the evening, but it is kind of interesting. The dads that come a lot of times, the... Um, once they start coming, they'll get some gentle reminders from their children if they're not going. Uh, can you imagine the power of a, of a child saying to his father, Hey, Dad, aren't you going to pray for me tonight? 
Wow. So next time you see Maria and Franny, you're going <laughs> to ask them to make sure that their dad gets over there because it's just yeah, a block. Yeah, get, get Connor over to, yeah. to join us. Yes. Yeah. yeah, how could he resist? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's kind of like when you sit down to eat and the children remind you, we didn't say grace yet. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, Yes, that's beautiful. Yeah, especially when the grandparents are there. Everybody's everything's got to look good. Right. <laughs> has it has it grown over the last three years, or do you just pretty much have a solid core that? Uh, uh, well, we've we've struggled with getting the group to um, really to grow, um, but it, it certainly has grown. I would say typically we have about a dozen men who are there, mm-hmm. um, uh, it, and it really varies. You know, in terms of who's going to be there, there's a few of us who seem like we're there every single time. But um, you know, when when we first talked about starting this group, um, and I got some advice. Actually, I ended up calling down to the to the diocese of Phoenix and talked to them a little bit because that's where Archbishop Olmsted and I um, had you know was when he issued that exhortation. And I just thought I'm going to see what they're doing. And one of the things the gentleman I was I was talking with down there he said don't worry about the numbers of people god will god will uh, don't focus on that just just god will take care of that part you guys just gather and pray and i thought that was such good good advice i mean i i, I certainly i would love to see the numbers grow but it is it kind of is what it is at this point in time and and we do we do continue to grow so it's a beautiful thing it's kind of a liberating thing to um, to let go of the numbers, don't you think? And just trust that the Holy Spirit is inspiring the men that are supposed to be there. And growth is yeah. beautiful, but, yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, so many things when I try to get them, you know, I, I get really excited and enthusiastic, and I want to, oh, maybe we'll set a record number of people to show up, and then, you know, I have to remind myself of that. It's not about how many people that come. It's about, you know, making a difference for the ones who do come and, and trying to, you know, be prayerful and be purposeful about what we do. So what what does a gathering um, look like? Do you have a particular set of prayers that you pray? Do you come with particular intentions? Or is it always, you know, the same general intention? Um, can you kind of describe what happens when you gather? Because I know sure. if it was yep. women, there'd be a whole lot of talking before we got started praying. <laughs> yeah, so um, we we start right at 8.30 prompt, and, and um, you know, our first intention before we open, so our format basically is we just have a short opening. We pray the rosary. Um, we meet on Wednesdays, so we pray the glorious mysteries. We have a short meditation for every mystery. And then after we pray the rosary, um, we will uh, have about five minutes of silence. And then we'll have any, if anyone has any petitions that they want to offer. Um, and then for our, our, we do our closing prayer, which is typically a prayer to St. Joseph or the Litany of St. Joseph. So that's this evening. It's Wednesday. So this yes, evening you'll be Wednesday. meeting. So we'll be meeting this evening at the Grotto, yeah, uh, on 2nd Street here in Bismarck. Perfect. And so there's, there's no, uh, the, uh, the membership requirement is actually show up if you can. It sounds like it's pretty. Yeah, exactly. And there's no no sharing required. And um, you know, for, when we were inside, we had handouts for all the even for the rosary because some. You know, I I have to admit. I mean, it wasn't that many years ago. I didn't know all the prayers for everything we prayed, and I was like, oh, so we have handouts for the prayers, and basically, yep, just show up. 
and um, if you show up, you're good to go. Okay, well, we're coming up on a break here, John, So, uh, but uh, we're uh, for our listeners, uh, we're talking to John Berger about his uh, men's group, uh, the, specifically for praying for uh, children. His dad's praying for children, grandchildren, godchildren, and the like, and uh, yeah, they're located in Bismarck, and we will be back to continue our discussion after this break. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Does someone who takes their own life automatically go to hell? I'm Father Chris Alar. In 1993, my grandmother took her life, and for years I carried this burden because she committed a grave sin and had no time to repent. But the church states that certain mental conditions may reduce the responsibility of one who takes their own life. You are only eternally lost if you die in an unrepentant state of mortal sin. And for a sin to be mortal, three conditions must be present. And one of those conditions is complete free will. I don't believe many people freely want to take their life. So there is hope for their salvation. To learn more, please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Okay, you're back to the show with Jack and Doreen Kennelly as your hosts, and our guest is John Berger from Bismarck, and we're talking about uh, dads in prayer. And uh, before the uh, before the break, John, you mentioned that uh, your prayer... Uh, uh, practice or routine or uh, program usually includes a prayer to St. Joseph. And, uh, you know, I guess, how is it that, uh, why is it important for uh, St. Joseph to be, you know, uh, specifically one of the saints that you invoke? Ah, uh, okay. So, um, from my experience, um, you know, St. Joseph is such a perfect role model, especially for these times. So in in one of our in one of our uh, meditations for one of the mysteries, you know, we talk about the fact that there are so many voices and so many noises that are calling out to our children, 
Um, and we need to be quiet to find time to talk to God and to be silent so that he can talk to us. And we know St. Joseph was a just and righteous man. We know he was a man of deep prayer. Um, we also know that there are no words attributed to St. Joseph in the Bible. So I think that's a great message for us in these times is to speak less and to pray more. Um, you know, in our, in our prayer, Father Brandon came and talked to us, um, and this is another beautiful thing as we, as we think about St. Joseph. Father Brandon Wolf is the, is the pastor over at Spirit of Life in Mandan, and he's the chaplain at the academy. He came and talked to our, to our men, the men in our group here, a couple months ago. And, you know, he participated in our prayer, and he said, I know that you guys, you know, have many prayers of petition, and those prayers of petition are good, and, and certainly continue to do those, but we're often praying for removal of hardship or taking away some sort of difficulty in our lives. But he also said, you know, at, always remember to end those with God, your will be done, and ask God, God, what do you want me to do in this difficult or challenge? If it isn't the way that I want it to be, how do you want me to act and react? How, how, what is your will in this situation? And so think about that as it relates to St. Joseph. You know, St. Joseph, you know, you'd say, well, he, God must have made things really easy for him. Um, he made things extremely difficult for St. Joseph, and yet St. Joseph did the Father's will. And if we can be joyful in doing the Father's will, as St. Joseph was, regardless of our circumstances, what a beautiful gift that is for our children. And, you know... Um, I think that's one of the really, really powerful things about St. Joseph that I've learned is, you know, how do, how do we turn more, more of our desires over to what's God's will in this situation? Help me to be more like St. Joseph. And the, as you were saying that, it made me just think, you know, in general, how perfect those words are for the time in which we live with all the confusion in the world and in the church and um, kind of everywhere we turn, there's there's some confusion. But to direct us through St. Joseph back to the one who can give us the peace and the truth um, is such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful thing to end every petition. It's okay to ask, but but in the end, what we're asking for is God's will to be done. Thank you for sharing it, that. It is. It is such a powerful thing. And, you know, one of the things early on, and this really struck me, too, is, and you, got, you will recall this, there have uh, been many tragic school shootings. Um, and there was one in Parkland, Florida, particularly, that occurred, I think it was in 2018. And there was a lot of kind of um, negative response from society about those who were praying in the aftermath of that event. Um, you, may, you may recall that. Or people were saying, you know, they're almost mocking people who are praying. Pray, praying isn't doing any good. Um, why are these people praying? Why do they wait until a tragedy to pray? And uh, on the one hand, that was frustrating for me. But on the other hand, um, I, I thought it was a real um, kind of caused me to look inside and say, how am I praying? Am I Am I waiting for something tragic and horrible to happen to pray, or am I praying, you know, as, as we're called to, pray, pray always, give thanks always in all situations? And so, you know, I think that so often our prayer is understood to be, God is answering my prayer if I get what I want. But if I don't get what I want, 
which many, I think, without a strong faith would say, see, you asked for it and you didn't get it. So therefore, your God is not a powerful, all-present, you know, beautiful, loving Father. Otherwise, he would be answering all your prayers. But as we know, that's, that's not why we pray, to get what we want. We pray to, to, to strengthen our relationship with God so that we can do his will. And especially when you're, when you're praying for the will of the Father with respect to the lives of your children and grandchildren, I mean, what could be better than that? Yeah, I, I, I certainly agree with that. And the thing that I've really noticed with the men who come to our group is, is that, you know, our, I think our focus has certainly is for our children and our grandchildren and our godchildren. But so often, at least for me, when I'm there in prayer, I'm praying for the children who don't have a father present in their lives, for a father who's not fulfilling his responsibility. Um, you know, he's not living up to the obligation he has been given. There's a book that our group, uh, our St. Anne's men's group read. Uh, the author was Devin Schatt. It's called Show Us the Father. And um, I think I have enough time. There's just a real short quote I'd like to read from that book that I think really called out to all the men in our group, me and all the men in our group. And, and here, here it is. It says, Our mission as fathers is to be a link between heaven and earth, between God and his children. As fathers... Help us accomplish this by becoming the voice of God the Father that our children cannot hear, the face of God the Father that our children cannot see, and the touch of God the Father that our children cannot feel. I think of that so very often, and and not so much that I'm doing it, but that I need to do it, um, not only for my own children, but for, for all children and you know, especially you know, how, so how can I how can I be how how can I make this fatherhood more present? It's very very difficult, I think, for us to tell someone to love God the Father if they don't have an earthly father that loves them. Right. It's, you know, I mean, that's playing out too in our culture when you see all of the statistics relative to you know uh, crime and stuff like that that are related to having no father in the family, no father figure. Absolutely, absolutely. And for all the men who are listening, and I know there are many, the single most important thing from the studies that I've read, the single most important thing that will determine whether our children keep their faith, continue to go to Mass, is, is what the father does. This does not at all diminish the role of mothers and moms and and their beautiful role that they play, and it doesn't mean that children without fathers can't be very devoted, faithful their entire lives. But for men out there, if they want their children to retain the faith, they need to practice the faith and be the spiritual father. Again, I'm not saying this from the standpoint of, oh, do what I do. This is is me trying trying to do what I need to do. Right. I I remember that study. Uh, when they were talking about it, and the uh, I don't remember any of the numbers, but it was like if the father was attending church, you know, regularly with the family, uh, it was like fifty to eighty percent of the children were more likely to uh, retain their faith going into adulthood. I can't remember, you know, I, I don't; those are not the exact numbers, but it was really stunning uh, the difference that it made. It's the- 
stark contrast between um, you know the, the the impact of fathers. I mean, again, again, not minimizing in any way the role of the mothers, but absolutely, Jack, the, the role of the fathers based on these studies is so powerful. And and so if dad is just going through the motions, and mom's kind of the leader. Um, it's not really going to necessarily turn out so well for our kids in terms of them continuing to, you know, to stay in the church and continue to grow in their faith. As a woman and mother and grandmother who, um, and, and I think women are, you know, have a, have a spiritual sense that's different than a man's. And I know we tend as women to, to rush in and do the spiritual um, can you give us some advice for how we can step back and trust um, and encourage our husbands to be the leaders in that area? Well, I, 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 um, I mean, I know that, you know, one of the things I, I always try to remind is we don't need to be affirmed. We don't, we don't need to be affirmed in what we do, but um, when it comes to our spouses, sometimes it is nice to be affirmed in what we do. <laughs> So uh, I think that as we're, you know, if we're doing the right thing, I think that affirmation is, is really, really important and, and encouragement. And I think, you know, it's been hard because as a, at the beginning you asked, has our group grown? And I, I've told women who said, oh, I wish I could get my husband to go to that, or, you know, I wish my spouse would go to that. And I said, don't pester them. I said, um, let, you know, let, let me ask them, because I don't want them necessarily coming because you're telling them that, you know, I want them to come because they're choosing to come. So I'll, you know, I'll invite them and, and we'll see, you know, let the Holy Spirit do the work. But, um, yeah, I think just, just that constant support and encouragement. I mean, I, 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 for me, I think that's been the most powerful thing is, you know, that old, the, the same old adage, you know, you, you're going to get more more with uh, kind words are going to have much, much more than, you know, say a nagging or something like that. Okay. We've we've only got about 20 seconds left. Uh, John, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to say to uh, any men? Well, if any men out there would like to start a group like this that only takes you and one other man to start, um, um, as I'm not sure exactly the best way to get a hold of me, but I think if you get a hold of Real Presence Radio, they can give you my email address, and I would certainly give you any of the prayers that we have and what we do, and I would just encourage men to uh, to continue to pray, whether it's part of a group or not part of a group, but um, the power of prayer is incredibly important. Thank you. And the name of the book, again, was Show Us the Father by Devin Schaff? Yep, Show Us the Father by Devin Schaff. Yeah, that was, it's a beautiful book. We give a copy of that and Into the Breach into all the men who come to our group. Okay, there's the break music. John, thank you very much for being with us today, and uh, maybe we can have you on again, and you can tell us more about the growth of uh, your men's group in Bismarck. That sounds awesome. And consecration to St. Joseph, that's another beautiful thing for all men to do. <laughs> 